0: The night after a game, the night after a win. And what a strange feeling that is. Uh, Albion finally returned to winning ways as the Carlos Corbrant era got off the ground against Blackpool. And hopefully they have now turned a corner and can keep on climbing. Welcome to the Baggies Broadcast. I'm Johnny Dreary. As ever, I'm joined by Albion correspondent Lewis Cox. Lewis, I know it's only one win, but hopefully things are starting to look up.
1: Oh,
2: yeah, What a feeling. Feels a bit different this morning, well, this afternoon, doesn't it? Uh, much welcome, most most needed. Um, yeah, just a third in 18 in the league since I uh, since I started covering the club. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a strange one and a bit rare. Feels a bit different. But uh, yeah, more of the same, please. Wouldn't mind more of the same.
0: Yes, certainly indeed. I must say as well, um, me and Lewis are here today, but I'm also joined by my cat who has decided to sit next to the laptop sit on my knee so if you can hear some purring that's because alvin won last night she must be an alvin fan she must be happy that that alvin have won um but anyway um the three well two of us plus one we'll uh we'll be talking about a lot today we've got a lot to fit in we'll talk about blackpool we'll, We'll pick out some points from last night's performance, um, and also the off-the-field stuff with the the fan protests. Um, we'll talk about the future of the Hawthorns. after have some big news this morning. Um, we'll talk about Ron Gawley, Um, Off-the-pitch issues, we'll take your questions. I take on another one of TJ Smithy's quizzes. A little bit better this week. And we'll look ahead to another trip to the capital as Albion get ready to face QPR on Saturday. Um, so, just analyze, well, I'm not going to analyze Sheffield United because we spoke about it after the game, and no one really wants to dwell on what happened on Saturday when they picked up three points last night. Um, but just a few, a couple of analytical points, really, Lewis, and I'm going to pick him out for praise. We, we've praised Taylor Gardner-Rickman quite a lot over recent weeks, but and a lot of people have written off o- Okaya kushlu Um said he should never have come back, this, that, and the other. You know, I, for what I'm not going to say, told you so. But I said, need to wait till he's fit. He looked fit last night and he was probably the best player on the field, to be honest.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, he was. I mean, should never have come back. He's obviously ridiculously strong, really. For a lad who was clearly getting up to speed, clearly arrived, minimal pre-season and wasn't fit. Certainly not match fit and obviously needed time to not only train with new teammates and sort of get back to way of English football life, Albion life, just had to build up match sharpness. And that's hard because the season had started and Albion had not started brilliantly. And it's it's straight into the thick of it, isn't it? But um, yeah, I, I've been critical this season. I think he deserves to come out of the side. Um, performance has not been up to scratch and perhaps no surprise, Steve Bruce had, and, and I suppose Richard Beal tinkered around and changed midfield personnel. But yeah, he's was comfortably the best he's played this season last night. And um, and that was even before the goal. Obviously, his first goal for the club, such a such a key goal. It won't live, um, you know, not one for the uh, goal of the month awards, is it, or goal of the season? But it's so important. Such a such a big three points for the new head coach, of course. Um, yeah, massive goal, and uh, it was a massive performance. He was accomplished, calm. The the, the off the ball stuff as well, breaking up play, um, did that really well. Carlos Correia spoke. Spoke well of him as well, which was interesting. And I know Yakujlu spoke as well. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm really impressed. And uh, more of the same will be most welcome, as I say. And I think, yeah, ideally works and continues to build a, an exciting partnership with Garden Hickman because he's he's also been very good of late, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, would you say they're probably going to be the number one partnership now? Or, or they that's probably the best Albion have looked in the middle of the part this season, I would say.
2: Yeah, if it's a central midfield too, um, which I mean, it was four two three one last night, wasn't it? And uh, and prior to that, in Corban's first game, three four three, you would say so. Um, I think Jake Livermore's had some good games this season and good periods, as we've discussed before. You can't really see a world where he goes Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, so there's obviously rotation there. And and Livermore's a very good option to have around it, I think, from the bench where his legs are fresher. Um, yeah, obviously, is another option, and then you're looking further further up the pitch, aren't you, at your um, your Swifts and Roggish's, and, and I, I thought Swift was good last night, actually. I spoke to some other people who thought the same. Um, but yeah, as far as the two deeper midfield pair goes, yeah, I think on, on the evidence of last night, and hopefully he can take it forward, and on Gardner-Hickman's evidence of, I don't know, probably since Reading, where he got that goal and assist, yeah, um, yeah, they're certainly
0: the two at the moment. Yeah, just in terms of the front line, you know what I think it's interesting, and it'll be interesting to see the way Carlos Corbrand looks at it because you know Carl Grant hasn't had the two best games in Corbran's first two games in charge. You know he left the ground on crutches last night, which we hope it's not too serious, contrary to what some Albion fans have said. I wouldn't wish an injury on anyone. Um, and just in terms of that front line, what how do you see it playing out? You know. Does Brandon Thomas Asante come in now if Grant's not available at QPR? Or you know, Matt well, Phillips has, has do, actually taken <laughs> up Matty Phillips has taken up a central position yeah. later on in games in the last two games. Um, wouldn't be surprising to see Reyes Cleary come on the bench. What is it? Just again, all leading to that Daryl DK return, or um, mm-hmm. it's a big chance, isn't it, for BTA if he if he does come in on Saturday? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Now obviously we saw Phillips up top for a period. Um, last night didn't we and I mean he did alright to be honest Thing think he's a presence and he, he sort of got involved as you said Grant was on the periphery really wasn't he? even even until that kick he had in the first half which ultimately led to him was it the first half? can't quite remember ultimately led to him going off anyway and as you say looked from the way he left the ground in a bit of a bad way we hope to get an update on that later in the week um, Thomas Sante's been turned too late on hasn't he under brand too too late cameos really Um did have some sort of involvement in the winner last night, if I'm... He was certainly... When, when that corner was sort of deflected on, he was in and around it, causing mayhem and panic. So, so yeah, he, he's that presence, isn't he, Thomas Asante? He seems to be... To know where to go in in, in the penalty area, in a six-yard box, penalty spot, which which is very useful from a striker, striker's perspective. Obviously, he needs to start finding the net, something I, mean, I haven't done across the board enough. It is a chance for him. Um, if you're asking me now, do I see... Matty Phillips being selected from the start up front yeah, as, as the sole striker for the next two games before the World Cup. I can't really see that. Um, and, and, and you would have to say Thomas Asante, wouldn't you, in the absence of Grant? But actually, I thought Phillips was really good last night. Um, I thought he was good, most, mostly from out wide, of course, where he he started. And he was often on the right, wasn't he? I, I, he started on the left. With obviously Wallace out on the right, and then they swapped, and I, I don't think that did Wallace any favours.
0: No, I didn't um, think he was as, good, as effective yeah. I mean, he's not, he's
2: not as effective on the left is he Wallace. That's that that's clear and goes without saying. But however, I did think Phillips was was good on the right. It's, it's a bit of a shame, really, for Phillips in that um, Wallace has to play. Simply, he's been one of his best player this season. He's for me always effective when he's out there. Always influences play when he's involved on and off the ball he, he has to be involved but in the times of late we've seen Phillips in that role or even more advanced as a right wing back he, he looks good for me he looks purposeful powerful just like he can make something happen he nearly scored a very good goal start the second half last night I just think there's on the evidence of bits that I've seen this season I just think there's something left in the tank with Phillips in terms of as an attacking outlet making you know contributing to a goal or scoring a goal. I just we saw him score a very good goal didn't we at the Hawthorns, whoever that was against, I can't even remember who that was against now. Um but yeah, I, I I think he's got something left to give. It's just interesting because I don't, I don't think he can start on that right flank over Wallace. So perhaps he'll have to continue out on the left or or as you say, if if there is two up front, maybe just off off the forward um in that sort of swift number ten role. But um as I said five minutes ago, I thought Swift was good last night. So he's probably made a case for another run in the side, I'd say, John Swift.
0: Yeah. No, it'll be interesting to interesting to see. Just at the other end, um, Kyle Barkley's had his fair share of criticism for quite a long time. Albion, you know, every single touch he made in the end against Birmingham was booed. Fans weren't happy he was playing against Millwall when I thought he was doing all right. He got sent off. He came back in last night. Fat, heads were falling off when the team was announced last night, let's be honest. Um, but, but I thought... I thought partly did all right, you know, like we said on the video last night, take into account the opposition, but also take into account Albion. We can't be offensive towards Blackpool when they're 15th and we're bottom of the table. Um, I thought he did well. I thought early on defensively we looked a little bit ropey. Um, sorry, the cat's trying to steal my headphones now, to <laughs> sabotage the podcast. Um, but I thought he did all right. I thought he answered a few critics, and I know he went up to the, uh, the, the smithwick end and sort of applauded him last night, and it's been a sort of massive turnaround from uh, from that Birmingham game. Yeah,
2: oh, obviously the Birmingham game. And then I, I played well at Millwall, to be honest. We were both there, weren't we? And, and he had a, a good game and did what he was in the side for under Rich Beale And obviously, yeah, obviously the red card happened. I've been losing the last minute and and that's, yeah, it was very costly. And that's what we remember, rightly so. But yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he did well. Like you, I thought he did well last night against Blackpool. Thought he was effective again. Um, obviously, Blackpool had big Gary Medine on front, and and we know what he's about. We know what he's getting, his game is. Towering forward, um, perhaps Bartley was in the side to cope with Medine, um, and and perhaps that's a forward that suits Bartley, um, and that's fair to say. And it's it, you know might have been different if you if you're looking at two front men who are all about movement and speed and acceleration. But, but Bartley can only play against what what he's against, and he. He did himself absolutely no harm last night. I think that the head coach would have been impressed with his performance. Um, it'd be interesting to ask him about about Bartley on Friday actually and see see how he how he sort of sees him within his within his ranks. But I suppose with Bartley, if you take it on last night and you're coming up against a side who maybe are a little bit more direct, so happy to go to a big man um, and work off work off him, he's a good option to bring in, isn't he? Because he his physical um, sort of profile is, is totally different to, to O'Shea's, who you would imagine is going to play. Even to Kelly and Peters, who, who haven't been in, involved or certainly weren't involved last night. Um, they're big guys, but but not as dominant as Bartley. That's what he brings. He brings that almost like that old-school kick it And um, if you can come in and be effective and do that and work towards a clean sheet... Obviously, nearly helped towards a a good point at Millwall. Then, yeah, you know, so be it. And hopefully, he can come in and be a, a viable option. And you know, it doesn't mean he has to start and play every game. I certainly don't necessarily see that. But um, I don't think it's a, a bad option for for particular games.
0: No, just into anything else that you could take away in terms of the way Albion played last night. I thought Dean Garner's impact off the, his impact from the start has been great so far this season. It is impact from the bench. All the full-backs. I've mentioned it in my player ratings. I thought the full backs did okay last night. They yeah. Have, that's um, compared to an an awfully, extremely low bar against Sheffield United, I have to yeah. say. But yeah. But yeah I yeah. thought they looked a little bit better. Albion just it's the first time I thought in a while that Albion actually had a um actually had a little bit of control over the game. A little bit of there's so many games this year where they've had a bit of a spell. However, they haven't they haven't looked in control, whereas last night I just didn't think, even though yeah, we said Blackpool were negative, um, I don't think Albion didn't... Albion always had control of the game as well, I'm trying to say. They always looked comfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that yeah. hasn't happened a lot this No, time.
2: I think that's fair. I, look, like, I, I was uninspired by Blackpool last night, I have to say. They look limited to me. Um, but you can't do them a disservice, like you say, because they are well-started the game, however many points clear of Albion in several places, but it was all about whether the home side could break them down, wasn't it? And um, I, I thought the first half was steady without being spectacular, but I thought it went up a gear or two after the break. I really did. Um it was interesting and I wasn't particularly surprised to see them start four, two, three, one. Um we know Carlos Corbran is fluid with his setups, don't we, in formations? I don't think we can expect to see anything set from game to game. We know that from his time at Huddersfield. So that is interesting. Um but I just thought that the first game against Sheffield on on Saturday ended better in that four two three one. So I thought the head coach might take that forward, and he did. And uh, yeah, I, I suppose that I thought Furlong did, did well last night. I, I was I, I thought Townsend may have come out of the side. He, he struggled yeah. badly on Saturday, didn't he? And I thought we might see Peters out there at left back um, or another another. But um, the Townsend they, they had a more comfortable. Evening last night, I remember Furlong doing a couple of, of really good blocks actually, and I, I suppose with Furlong as a right back, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not saying he's he's a, he's a car walker or, or anything like that um, in terms of an attacking right back, but he, he's not shy in getting forward as he, he does have the engine to do that. So at least offers something in terms of being a body trying to get down the flank at least. Um, yeah, and I thought we did okay, but the four two three one, I was I was quite taken by actually. I think I think as we, as we mentioned, the midfield two, looking to come into their own now. I thought they were solid, and and Swift for me is a big one. Um, that number ten, if you're just playing that that one front man, it's such an important role, isn't it? And yes, there's Tom Rogic as well, who's uh, he's, he's clearly well behind on his fitness when he came into the club, and that's why we've. Barely seen him. Have we seen him start, Tom Rogic? I don't think he started. Yeah, I
0: think him. he started, once. He started
2: did he, once. Did he start once? Not yeah. Sure. Um, I'd have to check that. Certainly in a handful of sub-appearances. But Swift had an OK start to the season, didn't he? But really went off the boil and uh, and came outside towards the end of Bruce and under Beal. But um, yeah, good when he came on in Corbyn's first game, I thought. And, and good last night. So I, I'd imagine he'll stay in. I'd like to see him stay in. And um, if, he can, if he can work his way, play his way into a bit of sustained form, I think that that could be might, mightily important, because he does have that sort of player, perhaps. Yeah. Might not be the right word, but te- technical ability, certainly, to, to unlock doors where Albion have failed this season, I'd say. So, I'd, yeah, I'd like to see him stick with it. As you say, you'd normally expect Dean Garner to start... Uh, he's merited that but a bit of a surprise last night, but but really shocked when he came on. Um the the, the right the, the Wallace well it's not conundrum to be honest. Wallace Wallace is gonna continue, you would you would almost be certain with that, wouldn't you? But I think Phillips deserves to play at the moment. I do. I think yeah. he's had two good games, possibly more than two in, in, in succession, and it's just where would you put him? I don't know. I I if, could you, we've seen, have we seen Phillips at, at right-back from the bench this season? I'm just wondering, could you Could you shunt Phillips back as a very attack-minded right-back? And yeah. um, maybe move Furlong over to the left instead of Townsend, or Peters, maybe? I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud here. But, um, yeah, it's nice to have a couple of players who have played well enough to, you know, deserve to stay in the
0: side. Yeah, and just another thing I'm just going to take out of last night before we move on to speaking on some other issues because we've got a lot to talk about. What I found with Albion this year and what I found with Albion last year as well and the Bruce and under Val, I know people didn't like the football under Val. I thought it was very direct. There was no pace about it. There was no... It was all... And it's, it's, it's... it's it's, a, it's what a lot of footballers do: back and side, back and side too, back and side, play it wide, get it in. A lot with Albion, get it wide, get it in, no one in the box. But what I found last night, they were playing between the thirds, between the lines, you know, sometimes losing the ball, which is going to happen, especially with a team low in confidence. But they were playing forward, they were more direct. And in terms of direct, I don't mean front to back route one, which there's nothing wrong with that. But they were more direct in terms of playing forward and, you know, the full backs were playing forward more than playing back and sideways. And it wasn't just a case of keeping possession for possession's sake, which some sides do. Um, but they looked, it looked like it suited them more. that They created more and maybe not in terms of clear cut chances, but in terms of openings, it needs to be a little bit more cuter in the end. But in terms of openings, Albion got in some really good positions last night. And that was because the it was zippier, it was pacier there was just a little bit more about them and they were just playing forward a lot quicker.
2: Yeah, it was was sharper, wasn't it? It was sharper. Um,
0: But rather than playing eight or nine passes around at the back where you're not going to get anywhere, they were always looking to go forward. If it wasn't on forward, fair enough, but they were always looking to go forward, which I haven't seen that from Albion for a long time.
2: No, I thought that was missing on Saturday from Corbyn's first game, actually, and I noticed it more last night. Of course, as as the head coach said after the game last night, yeah it's quite hard to compare games against Sheffield United and games against Blackpool. We're talking quite different opposition. Um, but I, I really thought there was an increase in in tempo last night. You mentioned that word. It went up a few gears in terms of yeah how they moved the ball, how they work the ball, in terms of speed and, and direction, like you say. So, I mean, if that, if that is the start of more to come, things to see, then I think we can be really encouraged about that.
0: Yeah. No, I thought it was uh, it was very good, but yeah, there we go—a victory. Lift off, hopefully. Um, fingers crossed. We'll come back onto on field issues in a bit, just away from from the uh, the the pitch. We're going to talk about the the protests that took place last night, or the the shine a light um, sort of campaign, if you want to call it. Um, we'll talk about that in a while. We're just going to talk about a couple of the issues about why that campaign group has come to the fore and gathered momentum on social media. One uh, of the the issues. Regarding that, Albion fans would have seen last Saturday a story that surfaced in the national papers about, um, well, basically speculating that Albion—not speculating—reporting that Albion were going to take out 25 million pound loan to, to fund the January transfer Now, at the moment, we don't know if that's correct or not. Um, but I know we've asked the question to the club, Lewis, haven't we? And we're just either waiting for an answer back or or looking to, to hear something on that. So it's exactly. where, where we can't we can't really speculate. On the face of it, I get why fans. You Know me as a supporter as well, I, I look at it and, and sort of question it. Um, but until we know the ins and outs of it, we can't really go into too much depth about it. But then questions have been asked. Um, and yeah, that was- exactly that. Don't, yeah. don't
2: don't want to speculate, obviously, that would be remiss. But yeah, the, the question's been asked, digging on that, and look forward to bringing more when we have that to bring. Um, because yeah, it's you know potentially a very important story, yeah. As you
0: yeah, We would like to have more on it now but we just haven't got the answers at the moment but in terms of that um, what I will move quickly on to is that um, there was the press conference last week where Carlos Corbran was unveiled. A lot of it was directed at Ron goley now. We know supporters have been unhappy with um, Ron goleys what they perceive as a lack of communication with supporters, lack of communication with the press. Uh, we've said on here before now we believe that the club and Gourlay should have communicated more than they have done given the off-field issues and and given, given the on-field issues as well, really, and the struggle that, that Albion have had. But um, the press had time to put questions. Sorry, the cat's just jumped off now. I think she's bored now. Started talking about off-field issues and she got a bit bored. Oh, yeah, she's only yeah. here for the footage. She's only here for the football. Um, And, and we've asked that. Ron Gawley was there. He fronted up to questions um, last week. Um, and one thing he did say, Lewis, is he apolog- what I was sort of struck by, he apologised to the press. I don't know if it was yourself or it's Joe Chapman from the Birmingham Mail, the press as a whole, but I'm not sure who the answer was actually directed at. Um, mm-hmm. For not meeting with the press more, more often, he, he said back when he took over, he was going to meet regularly. And it, it hasn't transpired or happened, but he's sort of promised that it will now. I'm sure you're expecting to speak to, to Gourlay very, very soon.
2: Yeah, yeah. Optimistic on that, which is... I mean, it's music to our ears, isn't it? And I'm sure the same for supporters. That's transparency, communication. That's what they want to on on the important topics, isn't it? We joke there about your um your 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 cat your cat departing after the football chat, but um you know, offer stuff which you know, it's not always of top importance, but quite often is regards the current state of affairs at the club, the future of the club, so important, isn't it? So that's you know, to do our job to Try and ask questions to get the answers is, is what we want to do, and obviously it's what fans want to hear because there's some mightily important topics out there. Johnny is currently Sorry,
0: addressing
2: just let, I'm just his
0: letting cat, a, just letting a cat out the door. She's never coming in here again for a baggy broadcast recording. Um <laughs> yeah, just yeah. on just on that, you know, uh he did field a lot of questions. Um he sort of talked a lot about um sort of carrying the can and you know he takes responsibility for obviously the Bruce appointment and what's happened under Steve Bruce and and uh, things haven't gone to plan but he also said that the owner has to take a lot of responsibility as well which was a really interesting line Um I know you yep. wrote an article on that but I was sort of surprised by that I wouldn't say it was a dig at the owner but it was a case of yeah I've got to take responsibility but so has everyone else really
2: yeah yeah Um yeah perhaps it was just a reminder that you know I was Obviously, Rongole. oversees football matters, doesn't he? That's that's his role. Um, but clearly, as as we all know, there are you know there's an individual above him um, who who calls the shots on on everything ultimately and signs everything off and is the big decision maker. Um, so so yeah, it, it was it was interesting to hear that you don't necessarily expect chief executive to say that of the ownership. Um, maybe specifically in the situation Ambien are in but again it was interesting to hear that there were a few things weren't there from from Gourley about their dynamic about their their relations about how their their dialogue how they're in contact about the new appointment um I think there, there was another piece we ran wasn't it with um with with the chief exec talking about how you know it told kuchan Lai that this this stops here regarding the constant ins and out, the constant change. How it's no good for a club, no good for on field matters. In, that must
0: have been music. You know, he he's, he's sitting there next to Carlos Corbrand and, and Carlos Corbrand knows he's coming into a club that just loves. Well, they don't love it, but well, it's, it's, right. it's, it's, it's almost I, like they've I, got a lever in the boardroom to sack managers because there's been that many come. That must be music to Corberan's yeah, ears. Revol- going,
2: it's been a revolving door. Yeah, isn't it? and I I agree personally with. What the chief exec was saying there, in that I, I don't think what was it ninth ninth manager in five years or or whatever like it's that, it's, yeah. it's um it's never going to uh, that's you're never going to have success with that clearly you're different you're scattergun of recruitment players from different eras, different styles, ideas of manager, all of this, but clearly the Bruce appointment didn't didn't work, wasn't working, and clearly he had to go. So, but uh, I can see why the chief Exec's turn around to the owner and it, clearly this was a massive appointment for Ron Gourlay as well by the way because his appointment at Bruce didn't work so this one has has to get get this right obviously and it has to be the one and the long term one because there can't be any more quick fire um, triggers pulled or revolving doors can they? Because it's not going to get the club anywhere and it'll probably mean they're even closer to <laughs> the worst fear which yeah. is relegation than they are at the moment so but I, I do agree that there has to be some stability and continuity at the club just to just to hopefully breed success. But I, I suppose it is a bit of a, a cycle and a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because stability and continuity and, and that consistency, it's, it's only going to come if it's a results business, isn't it? It's a, it's a results business, and if you know if Carlos yeah mercifully started with a winning his second game last night, which, which was massive, as as we've said, but if if he had gone six without a win, eight without a win, one winning eight, nine, ten, it's it's not what Albion need, isn't it? And, and that was another thing discussed at the press conference. It needs it, it did, unfortunately, for the head coach because of the state of the season to date, it needed to be hit the ground running business, didn't it? It, it had to be. That's that's the perilous situation of it. And it looked a bit bleak, maybe Saturday after the first game. And, and that's not a judgment on the new head coach, just the, the overall situation was bleak, wasn't it, as Albion dropped to the at the very foot of the table, but um, yeah, shoot certainly shoots a recovery and perhaps a, a glint of, of light at the end of the tunnel after last night.
0: No, certainly, indeed, I'm not going to get too, too far ahead of ourselves. Just on them, um, oh, no, the
2: no, things no. That,
0: still that, second but,
2: bottom. And, yes. and
0: by the time most fans,
2: uh, some fans hear this, Huddersfield could have could have won tonight, couldn't they? So fingers crossed that doesn't happen.
0: Oh, you're putting a damn thing, yeah, on things, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm just being I mean, a positive attitude, a realist <laughs> um, just on the just on a couple of other points that Gorlo said before, we just go on to, to the other things. He said it's going to take time. You know, he's been in the job eight months, nine months. I think he said. Um, I think we can agree that it's going to take time. I think fans are angry um, because he is the sort of face of Albion at the moment. The one that is around, the senior one that is around. But he's right; it's going to take time. And and another line that he said, and and we've said this quite a lot on the podcast relating to Steve Bruce or players and Ron Gawley said it you know I don't think I don't know if he said it this is what he meant but I don't think he said it in these exact words he basically said no one turns up to work to, to do a bad job and he's right and I think sometimes we forget that or sometimes supporters forget that you know Ron is not trying to do a, a bad job he wasn't trying to do a bad job by appointing Steve Bruce and this is I don't want fans to take it this is me sticking up for him because I think he could have done things differently certainly certainly off the pitch Um, but he's right isn't he it's going to take time and And I think sometimes we sort of lose sight of the fact that everyone's trying to. No one wants to fail, do they?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you would like to think, wouldn't you, that um, everyone is trying their best to do the right thing. Who wants to fail? Who wants to stain on their um, CV, working life? Um, Because, make no bones about it, I've been being at the wrong end of the second division, and. The threat of dropping into the firm would be a stain on everyone involved, wouldn't it? Um, a massive one. So hopefully we move away from that in the weeks and months to come. Uh, but I agree with you. I think it is worth bearing that in mind. But I'd, I take the other side of it that, as you mentioned at the start there, that um, you know for for Rongole he's the face of it, isn't he? And he's the he's the man in in charge here in. In the black country of the football ops, the football situation. Obviously, we we expect the football board to change in the in the coming, whenever it is weeks, months, however long that those appointments take. Um, but as of now, he's he's the man carrying the can in that regard, isn't he? In in regard of the football.
0: Yeah, right. And um, what well, we also wrong, Gawley has pledged to, to sit down. You know, we're hoping it's going to be very very soon. You know, the journalists are confident they'll get to to sit down with. the one thing I will just say on the back of that Gawley press comment, it really Got my goat a little bit, yeah. Fans were clambering for answers from Gauley. Um, and after the press conference, I, I had a lot of social media comments basically slagging off the local press, for want of a better phrase. Um, not asking the right questions, not doing this, not doing that. I can assure you, every single question that wanted to, we wanted to ask and fans wanted asking, tough questions as well, by the way, for for a for a managerial unveiling. I'd say it was probably 60-40 to Gourlay in terms of the amount of questions that were asked, which in a way took a little bit of a shine off Corbrand, but there was a reason for it. It's because there hasn't been
3: communication
0: yeah. from the chief executive. But what I will say to fans, all them questions were asked. If you don't like the answers, don't play. We can't we can't put words in Ron Gourlay's mouth. If you don't like the answers, that's that's tough. And, and it, I know it was a very, very minority um but you know and i wasn't one of the ones asking the questions because that's not my role that obviously you as the correspondent and others like joe joe chapman and rob gurney at bbc wm but what i will say is don't take it the journalists just because you don't like the answers the right questions were asked and there was a few offensive tweets and i probably shouldn't be handling to a couple of offensive tweets but i just want to stick up for the local press pack um but just moving on from that um Last week, and in and around, I can't remember exactly when it first surfaced, but um, basically through a combination of a shambles on the pitch, um, what fancy is a shambles off it and uncertainty and financial issues, et cetera, et cetera, has spawned a group called Action for Albion, um, which surfaced on social media. It's got gathered a little bit of momentum with, I think, over a thousand followers um, on social media. A number of ideas we saw floated around Um about doing different things and I know they got criticism from certain fans and not all fans will agree with with certain things but the purpose of it is correct and last night they did the um, it was called the Shine a Light on Albion's Shine a Light on Albion's problems and off-field problems um, where I'd say a few, a few thousand Albion fans held up their phones and, and lit up the Hawthorns last night. I have to say inside the ground it looked pretty impressive. Um it took a couple of seconds to get going but it looked pretty impressive. I took some pictures on my camera phone and they looked for, but my phone is quite old. Um, <laughs> there's a few chance of you know, it's basically against. I think their statement said what they see is a gross mismanagement of the club under Gouch and Lie um, chanting. We want our money back. Um, calling Lie a greedy. You know, you can make that. You can imagine what the other word was in that um, other chant. And chance against Gauch and Lie. Just in terms of your opinion on it, on it, Lewis. I'm not surprised this group has come around. um and it's probably got to that bubbling point now where where fans are sort of hitting back. We've seen, I think there was a quite ferocious chance and protests at Blackpool last year, I believe. Um, but, that, but
2: they've, they've been going on this season, haven't they, the yeah. chant. Um, sort of sporadically, a game would start and you'd have them in the first maybe 10 or 15 minutes and then maybe later on in the game at the end. I thought last night after the Oh, I nearly called it a light show. Then I don't think it was quite, after the light show. Someone
0: on BBCWM WM last night called it a Coldplay concert. oh well,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I, I well I missed uh, I missed the the
0: Cardiff home game
2: for that. So um, yeah. Yeah,
0: the you should best, know. The, yeah. Second
2: best, the second best light show I've seen this season. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. I've lost my train of thought now. Thinking about concerts. Light show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. After the after the light show. Um. Fans chanted "Stand up!" Didn't it? Stand up if you want. Lie out. I think they were they were chanting, and, and that I, I mean, certainly all the home fans I could see rose to their feet. I don't want to say it's every home fan in the stadium, but um, yeah. I, I, my opinion on it is absolutely fair play, and hats off to the fans for for wanting to to launch something, to want to make a difference. Um, I understand how the response from some might be, oh, it's, you're not going to change anything. It's just a drop in the ocean. But so the ones behind it, they passionate, pa- passionate and just have belief in it enough that they can make a difference. And they will see last night as the start of something and hope to do those kind of things more often to make noise and gather traction and ideally hope from their perspective to ask for answers. Because I can understand from a fan's perspective, a feeling of helplessness if you don't think you anything is being done about the state of affairs maybe particularly off the pitch um, so credit to them for for wanting to to make a difference you know and, and make an impact and and it, it looked good it got people talking didn't it I think shining a light is easy these days people to press a, a button on their camera on their phone sorry um, but it just creates a bit of a movement, doesn't it? A bit of something, bit of yeah. unity within a fan base, a group trying to make a difference, make a change and call for better. So, um, yeah, good for that.
0: No, it's interesting, you know, interesting to see where it's sort of spawned out of. And, and I, I listened to BBC WM's phone in on the way back last night and Daz Hale was talking about it and what impact it could make. A couple of the callers were not critical of it, but just asked a few questions about it and And what Daz Hale said was, um, lie will see that, lie lie will see that and whether it make any difference. What one fan said to me outside the ground, wasn't it? It It's very true. He said, this is, you know, we we want lie to sell, fans want lie to sell, but lie wants to sell, lie wants to try and sell anyway. Um, I suppose what a movement like this does might give him a bit more of a nudge, maybe make it hostile enough for him to sell. Cheaper than he would like, which means Albion can be sold quicker. I don't know, but but anything to, like we said, shine a light, you know, open the door so that people can see Albion's issues and you know anything like this is positive and more of a concerted effort, isn't it? There's a lot of fans together and we've seen chat on social media. Um, I will say there was a list of what are things they were sort of encouraging us to do, so sort of things with the, the app and the website and Twitter. They were saying don't buy from club sponsors. Apologies, I bought an Ideal boiler about three months ago. And I replumbed my axe. Um, so if they are still a principal, I'm not too sure if they are. I, I do apologise, um, but they are good boilers, and the plumber recommended. It. Um, but no one, you know, great, fantastic to those who put it together, and you know, it looked really good. And, and people on Sky Sports were talking about it. People on local radio were talking about it. You know, the more people can talk about it, the more people can look at Albie because because what people say to me at the moment is, you know, no one in the in the wider football world really knows about the you know the lie loans and the, and the and the, the inherited loans and the troubles off the field. People, the amount of messages I've had in the last couple of weeks going, West Brom and bottom. What's going on? You're not going to go down, and then you explain about what's gone on off the pitch and and the concerns off it. No, no one really knows about it, so these are the types of things that get people talking, get a bit of traction about it. And and it, what I will say is as well, you know, Ron Gorlay spoke about communication and transparency last week, and he, did, he he said that he'd been to to Alvin assemblies, which I'm not. I think they're every few months. Um, mm. What this group might do, this group might do, you know, the hierarchy within the club might look at it and go, we need to communicate with this group as well. And that might drive a little bit more transparency um, because they want answers, don't they? And hopefully something good can come. You know, I don't want to get to a point where fans are having not violent protests, but, you know, certain types of protests. We don't want it to get that far. You know, there's a worry it might get that far if, if you know, things are kept behind closed doors, and and you know, we more other other stories like the ones we've seen in recent weeks come out, and fans will get more and more concerned. But I think that would be, you know, it might drive more dialogue with the club, and it might drive more transparency with the club. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned try.
2: you mentioned the assembly stuff then. I'm sure. I think Ron like I said last week, didn't he? That, There've been other fan meetings that he's attended and spoken at, but I suppose with that, and you mentioned the transparency, then and obviously not us in the local press haven't haven't had the chance for a, a good few months now. I think the wider supporters, obviously the, there are fans at these meetings at the assembly, at the other meetings, but realistically there aren't many, are there? there? You know, there are thousands, tens of thousands of Albion fans who haven't heard obviously what they want to hear and the updates they want. So it's just reaching out to the wider wider fan bases isn't it and the wider fan base it, 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 obviously attending the assembly is important part of the role and what, what is it shareholders and, and, and beyond hear that and obviously well well within their, their rights to they should be hearing that but um, but all fans every fan in the street wants to wants to hear what the people in charge have to say don't they and, and answer to the things they should be answering so it's just about reaching the wider fan base and yeah. the Maybe not the hundred percent, but the ninety-five, ninety-nine percent of the fans, rather than maybe just a smaller percentage of fans who are, you know, fortunate enough to be in the room. So, yeah, fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, and, and well done, you know, hats off to, to the guys who done that. Just one point as well, um, it's only the twelfth minute, wasn't it? I, I see a lot of fans mentioning this extra two million pound loan, um, which makes up the twelfth minute. What I would say to some Albion fans, and you know, we did we did a really clear article on it last year um the lie loan that was that was taken out last year and the loan and was inherited from jerry peace which has been investigated at the moment that adds up to 10 million pounds i wouldn't worry about the other 2 million pound because that's not actually albin's money so what you know and if fans if fans want more information on it come to us or i can link you to the article that the real clear article that we wrote last year that two million pound Obviously Ly's taking a loan up, he's taking a loan out from the bank against a percentage of his share, a really small percentage. I think it's two percent or two point five percent. But that money isn't actually so Lai doesn't actually own owe oh, Albion that money. So that money won't come back into Albion coffers because they're not owed it. Um just the point of, of clarification, really, because when you look at it on the face of it, yeah, some fans are like, Oh, he owes just twelve million pounds, he owes it is it's around ten uh, with the the two loans. Um mm-hmm. and just with that bit of the separate one just as a as a point of clarity to to clarify, but but yeah, hats off to Action for Albion, great stuff. Looking forward to seeing what they're going to do in the future. And hopefully, we all want good to come from it. We all want Albion to be a better football club, and and, and that's that's the, the common denominator with with everyone really. Um, just on some other news, uh, we heard about this last night. Lewis announced today, and we've talked about it before that a group of of Albion fans went to Sandwell Sandwell Council to see if the Hawthorns could be made subject to a an asset of community value um, or be made an asset of community value. It's happened with Old Trafford it's happened with Anfield um, where fans are sort of worried about sort of stadiums being sold off etc cetera, etc cetera. and it came after a you know speculation online that the Hawthorns could be sold in the future but um, shareholders for Albion have confirmed that that their application for the Hawthorns to be an ACV has now been made it's been welcomed by the football club um, the independent association for the, the minority Albion shareholders um has put the application in with Samuel Council and it's been backed by the football club. Um football club has uh, have come out and said they welcome it. There's no plans to sell the Hawthorns. Um and what the ACV um is designed to do is to protect the plot from a quick fire sale to third parties and it safeguards its position within the community for years and generations to come. Um Lewis, good you know, that'll that'll be one thing that'll um, ease the worries of of supporters or ease the worries of some some groups. You know, yeah, I think that's one that. thing to tick off. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a it's a good step forward in the right direction, isn't it? I think it will ease the minds of of certainly some. Um, because you can't you can't blame supporters for for worrying and fearing the worst, can you? With with the way some things are, it's understandable. Um, yeah, the way other clubs have gone, other clubs' former homes and stadiums have gone obviously this is this has been Albion's home for what 122 years um, it needs to remain Albion's home for for the next 122 years if if, if it needs be um, so yeah a good step forward thing it's good legislation that, that hopefully or oh, local politics um, that that can that can really it will make a difference won't it and it's it's not it's not necessarily. It doesn't. It's not a, a bottom line, a line in the sand. The Hawthorns is is never going to be sold, unfortunately. But it safeguards the situation, doesn't it? It it, it means that should it be listed, then the uh, the community, the group, uh, obviously S four A will have a period where they're calling the shots. They are able to raise the money if needed, and it's not. Going straight to the developers for um, for whatever it may be for housing, supermarket for for offices. It's it's uh, it's it's in safe hands of, of people that obviously care about it and and that could if, if it comes to that of course. But as as we've reported, um, the club aren't looking to sell, and and that is very firm stance. We were given on that extremely firm stance. So um, so yeah, it's it's good to hear. It's encouraging to hear and. Yeah, hopefully uh, appeases some supporters, and yeah, it, it, it's it's what no one would ever, no one connected with with Albion, even non-football fans in the town of West Bromwich and the wider Midlands, West yeah. Midlands would would want to see um, a historic club moved away from its historic home. So hopefully that never becomes a reality, and 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 you feel more encouraged about that now on on the back of of this morning's news certainly.
0: No, certainly indeed. Well done to uh, S 4 A and uh, and the club for coming out there and um, addressing that issue. Um we'll bring you more information when that comes. I'm sure it'll go before Samuel Council and there'll be a vote on it and hopefully that'll get get voted through. Just on some other news, Lewis. Um injury boost news. Daryl DK, Shemi Ajayi, Key and Brian, who seems to be out for an eternity. Um I think it's a year tomorrow.
2: I think it's a year tomorrow. Yeah. Key and Bryan. either today or tomorrow we got that injury.
0: Yeah, I'd say it's probably close. Um, Carlos Corbran has indicated they may return before the before the World Cup. Um, interesting stuff. I know some fans have said they'd rather him be kept and not risked. Certainly, DK, given his his injury history. Do we he know is. any more about DK? I can't imagine him going to the World Cup now. But
2: no, um, no, no. Yeah. I think that's an uh, almost certainty. Yeah, a, a very safe bet that that won't happen. Um... But I can see, I, I did have some mixed responses when um, when we put that injury update out from Carlos Corran I, I understand it, really. I understand why supporters would be edgy about DK playing any part in these final two games. I mean, can I see it being Saturday at QPR? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure about that. And perhaps it, perhaps it could be the Stoke one. I mean, what is interesting, Johnny, actually, is that... Um, the under-21s are in action again. Obviously, they played Monday night, and at Tensford, got another good win. They actually play again next Monday, um, Richard Beale's side at, at Keys Park. Um, I wonder if they take DK and give him 45 minutes or the final half-hour from the bench in the 21s. I was talking about that with a colleague, and I don't know. I, I Obviously, you, you, you run the risk, don't you? But it could be useful in just giving him that, just to get it in his legs. And then with the idea of maybe getting him on the bench for the Stoke game, the final game before the break. But as I was saying, I, I understand the edginess about him having any action before the World Cup break because no one wants to rush it now, do they? I don't, I don't think any fans see the point of rushing it now so close to the break. You know, you, you know with the break, he gets an extra four weeks in full training, yeah. doesn't he, or whatever. So I, I understand that. But I, I do also see the merit in getting match action into his legs as soon as possible. Um but yeah, it's, it's it's hard, isn't it, when you're balancing risk-reward with returning from injuries. It, it's hard to call. And, um, yeah, I think we've got Carlos Corran's press conference Friday this week, I believe, before the trip to QPR. So, yeah, I think hopefully we'll be asking him about about that situation with DK. And, um, yeah, it'd be good to see him, wouldn't it? But I, I understand the fears. No, no,
0: certainly. Just in terms of... Um... Caleb Taylor and Josh Griffiths are ones that names that keep coming up. They're pulling up trees a lot And Quevan Castro's doing quite well at Notts County as well. He scored again on, on Saturday. Um, but just in terms of the first two, it'll be interesting to see what Corbrand does with them now, won't it? Um Lewis, yeah. we believe in potentially recall options in the deals. Um could we see them maybe maybe coming back? Given um, you know, I suppose Corbrand won't have everything at his disposal, and if these two Players are doing quite well. Would it, would yeah, it surprise you what, What's the situation we know on that so far? I, I suppose there's no there's no immediate indication that any of them will come back. But if there are recall options in January, and you know, Alvin is still struggling, they've got two players that are in form. Out on yeah, road.
2: I don't know if I can see it with Griffiths. The keeper's a bit more of a special yeah speciality, yeah. isn't it? Uh, you know, uh, I don't think he comes in and comes in as number one, does he? Um, no. I... I think Alex Palmer has largely been good and done as well as he could have. Obviously, another clean sheet last night. Step forward, hopefully boost his confidence and can, can rack up one or two more before the break. Um, Taylor, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by how well he's he's doing, certainly. And, and it bodes very well for the future. Um, can understand the clamour to get him back in January. Can understand why fans would want that. Uh, I am. I'm a little bit torn, really. I I see the merit and value in keeping him there and letting him play, however many games he can play at a good level. League one, obviously, just below Albion. Um, however, on the flip side, there's another world. Obviously, League one don't pause for the break, so Caleb Taylor will carry on playing while Albion don't play for the month, and. I think he's played. He's well into twenties for for the games he's played already, isn't he? He's probably knocking on thirty games played already this season for the Robins. Um, probably a world where he gets to the new year and he's played a good thirty odd games, which it that's not insignificant, isn't it? That's that's you feel like that's a whole almost seasons worth of, of senior action. Um, so you do wonder. I mean, perhaps it perhaps it's dependent on personnel availability. If we're hoping, obviously, Ajay. Uh, Semi-Jay is well back by then and, and playing games again, and um, all of a sudden that bolsters Arby's backline a little bit more, doesn't it? When you consider that, really, we we've seen certainly with a back three, Peters and Kelly can play centre half as well.
0: Played so fifteen are, times is so far this season. Only fifteen. 15
2: yeah. su- surprised me! I thought I saw that he was into his um, into his twenties. Sorry, seventeen. Seventeen, okay.
0: including including League Cup. Oh, I also say as well, Caleb Tay's got a wicked middle name. 17, anyway, yeah. His middle name is Joaquin. Joaquin. Oh, there you go. It
2: brings a bit of um, A bit of Spanish. Bit bit of, Spanish. Uh, bit of Caleb,
0: Joaquin Taylor.
2: I think with that, Johnny, I mean, only 17, so that's that's, that's less than I thought. But again, point stands, getting to the new year, he could well be touching on.
0: Third. I think it's every league game. There's been 16 league games in.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 17 in total, yeah. But um, I I don't know if, I mean, you'd only bring him back if he's going to play. Because otherwise, it's it's not no. worth his while. He might as well stay out there and play every game in the division below. Um, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to play, because clearly he's been outstanding this season. But is it realistic that he's going to come back and play every game? I don't I don't know the answer to that, but I'm not certain I can see it. Obviously, there's a, the other caveat that Carlos Corbin will want to do business in January. Um, obviously, that depends on having fees to spend. But uh, but loans and frees are a possibility, obviously, with a new head coach, and he he might want to strengthen there and have ideas elsewhere with players he knows. So I don't I don't think it's by any means a foregone conclusion that Taylor comes back because he's been excellent. I think there's a large part of me that thinks it'll suit him to stay out there and carry on doing as he is. Still a teenager, and he's still nineteen, twenty in January actually. Um, I think it's been an excellent loan for him, and I think. If he sticks it out I, I really feel he will be in and around it next season and and really pushing
0: So be interesting to see right time for an advert the reason why you all listen to the baggies broadcast brought to you in association with the Cattle and toast amount this week it's getting cold we're talking about oil-filled radiators this week for 25 quid you can get yourself a 1500 watt seven thin oil-filled radiator three power output whatever that means um thermostat overeat protection system um safety trip over switch it's environmentally friendly um basically keeps you warm it's good for the environment and it costs 25 quid so you can get yourself one of these or a range of oil filled radiators and other appliances over at kettleandtoasterman.co.uk or if you want to go in store look at the products in person you know you're not a fan of internet shopping uh, get to the shop on Thorns Road in Briley Hill.
2: Um Right. Here's, here's an important question, Johnny, as a, as a yeah, relative Carry question. Up, as a man that uh, reached for the knitwear last night, because uh, oh, the temp- temperature's dropping, by the way, it was a good call. Uh, and... By the way,
0: actually, yeah, Lewis Cox was trying to mug me off in the press room for having a hat on no, last no. night. And it was freezing. The hall, I'm sure the Albion fans will back me up. It was. Yeah. Cold no, cold.
2: I, I I have been known, Johnny, um, in in my previous role to uh,
0: to layer up early and go early. But um, I've gone early, mate. Yeah. Another, early. No,
2: the point I was going to make is, as we're talking boilers, have you had your heating on yet?
0: Well, well I'm technically yeah. still living at my in-laws, so they've had it on. Oh, well, that's
2: good, isn't it? Well, enjoy yeah. that. Enjoy that. If it's not coming out of your purse, mate.
0: Well, when I move in. I've been cutting logs for two weeks. I've got an open <laughs> fire, so...
2: first blankets.
0: Any yeah. Albion fans who've got any... Ex- it's a good shape, this. I'll tell my girlfriend. A bit. Any exit Albion fans who've got any trees that need cutting down, any logs going, give me a shout. I'll take them off your hands within a reasonable distance of the Welsh border. Um, <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, So, but I probably wouldn't have had me eating on. Or I'd have had it on very minimally. Mm. Um, That's that like yeah. good Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably been wearing me snood. I use <laughs> football matches in my front room, uh, but right time for questions. Um, Joe Griffiths has asked a question about the 25 million pound loan story, if it's true, you know what's going to be put up as collateral, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and all these these types of questions. What I will say to you, Joe is, as we said, we're not going to speculate. We know we've asked questions of the football club. You know Lewis is confident there's going to be a sit down with Ron Gourlay soon, which Ron Gourlay has promised. All those questions, you know, I'm sure when Le- when Lewis goes into a room with Ron Gourlay he's going to have a list as long, not as long as his arm, but as long as his body.
2: Like,
0: has, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ron Goyle, probably all about this loan. Um, so I know it's frustrating, uh, but what I don't want to do is come on here and say this, that, and the other, and, and fans think we actually know that that's tr- true. We don't know any truth around it at the moment. We have asked questions, which at the moment haven't been answered. Um, but hopefully, the, you know, we will get more. And uh, as we said, with that sit down with Ron like we can really pick the brains of the man who's, you know, the face of Alvin at the moment. Um, in Gaw- this is another question, sorry, from John Fuse. Uh, in Gourley's most recent interview, he spoke about the problems with the different managers bringing in their own players. A director of football is the solution to that problem by setting a vision. Um, was, did Gourley give any indication of timescales of an appointment of a, I think he's called it director of football operations, technical director, director of football, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it's the same job. Um, have we got any more timescales on that, Lewis? Has the club identified any, any candidates no, uh- at all? Do we know? No, but it's
2: an, it's an interesting question and, and thanks for raising it because it, it was certainly covered at the unveiling and it, it's an important topic, isn't it, as, as we all know. Um, the update was that talks are very much ongoing between Ron Gorley and the new head coach, Carlos Corbrant, Um which is perhaps not surprising because it, I don't know, it, it, it's, I think it's good to hear that, run is at least at the very least a sounding board here or having an input in these. And you'd talks. probably
0: think that Corbran would 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 sing the benefits of that, considering he, well, of he course. sort of he sort of enjoyed the benefits of it.
2: Well, yeah, he Bansfield, worked went overhead um, of football ops there and uh, and obviously it went brilliantly. Um yeah, I I'd say for a personal perspective, I would say it's the first time I I've heard Ron Gourley speak on this matter I I wondered whether things would be a little bit further down the line with regards it now again as we spoke about targets of this type are working at clubs and would have to serve period of notice at the clubs and it's not something that can be done in the flick of a switch overnight is it but um, yeah I thought it it might have been a little bit further down the line however (laughs) there's a small matter I suppose in the interim that of of a sacking that has happened hasn't it? And, and the appointment of a new head coach a very different appointment we've gone from manager to head coach totally it's a different role isn't it albeit they're both in charge of the team um, you know, we've still going to be of structure a football board above Bruce obviously but that idea might have now changed with, with Corbyn. They, they might have had an, an idea on someone that might have worked well with a manager like Bruce you know, they might think it's not, not quite befitting of Corbyn's. but on that, you, you don't want your director of football, head of football ops, whatever, technical director, um, to be based on whichever manager's there, do to, to you? Because as we all know, football managers don't have a long shelf life, do they? Whatever the average is these days, as Ron Gallo was talking about, it's not very long. Ideally, you want that football board, the head of that football board, to be there for a while. Thinking Dan Ashworth, thinking other big examples around the country to, to make a difference. Um, over a prolonged period and get things settled down, get things built, get a way of working going. So if and when there is a need for a change of manager, head coach, they can slot in seamlessly to the way of working. Um, So no, but I mean, again, obviously this was an unveiling and we're we're putting questions like that to Ron Gourley, but on the next chance we get, which as you say, we're hoping to be soon, it'd be nice to to pick a bit more at that and dig a bit deeper on, on the idea of, how things are looking in, the, in in regards to the football board. Because there's other, other roles in there, administration yeah. roles being filled, to be filled. I know uh, Ron Gourley said one role to be filled had been delayed due to illness, things like that. So it does sound like things are progressing.
0: Yeah, what I would say as well, this is a sort of question, it's a question I'd like to be asked really, you know, when you sit down with with Gould, in terms of how they go about it. You know, when you look at, obviously... Steve Bruce was sacked, so Albion probably sat down, had a mountain of applications come in, had ideas of their own, appointed Carlos Corbran. You know, where do Albion go in terms of when you look, for, you want a technical director? Do you, do you scour around the lower leagues and, and look, oh, he's doing a good job? At, at well, Sars yeah, Sars. that's or it. Did you go yeah. doing a good job there. You know, I imagine technical directors are on normal working contract, as me and you are. I don't imagine they sign you two, three, four-year deals. So I'm sure that's a little bit different. Yeah, it, I suppose Johnny, the good ones
2: stuff. doing the, the good ones doing a good job are in jobs, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. they're not. They're not. A, yeah, a yeah. free
0: So no, it'd, right. it'd be interesting to get an insight into how you how you go about that. You know, do you go and try and entice someone from a bigger club to come to Albion? I I don't know. I don't know how it works, mm-hmm. um, but that would be interesting. Interesting. Just moving away from technical director talk, uh, Bryn Moore. Um, who gets in touch quite regular with us, cheers for your question. Would you take consecutive drab nil nils and one nil nil one nil wins for the rest of the season if it meant staying up slash potentially even scraping the playoffs? I replied to him this morning saying, One hundred percent I would, take, What's I would that? take a load of a load I, of I take thirty oh. one nil wins in a row, bouncing off Thomas Asante's backside. <laughs> and that was our only shot of the game to to get up, up there. Yeah. It yeah, it never happened. In all seriousness, you know, we want to see good stuff, and we saw some good stuff last night. I think in the short term, it's just results. It doesn't matter how they come. They get yeah. if they go to, to QPR on Saturday and win one nil by, you know, a route one flicked on by Phillips and scored by I don't know Thomas Asante. Just you know, speculating now, or just picking names out of a hat. If that happened, you take it, and if it happened against Stoke. You take it as well, just to just to get to that position, and I suppose if Albie can do that, um, then things start to roll. You know, that, that's not going to happen. Albie are going to play some good stuff because they've got a good manager who wants to play football.
2: And we said on the pod like, on, the, on the video after the game last night, didn't we? That for me, last night this period, it's substance over style. Yeah, you want to see you want to see promising signs of Corbyn's style, but and I use the word again in the perilous position Albie and are in. It's only wins that are going to get them out of it, isn't no, it? Yeah. It's not, not free-flowing football if you don't stick the ball in the back of the net. Yeah.
0: Uh, Luke Stanley, are we on it? one of the only clubs in the EFL who haven't utilised the loan market this season? Now, I went through about 15 championship squads before we, we started this podcast. I didn't have time to go through them all. Um, Albion are one of the only championship clubs at the moment. They might be the only one, but I haven't been all through this squad. who haven't got any players in, in yeah. on loan. Taking into account, you know, and this is another thing that I'm sure Lewis will put to, to Ron Rongeole when he sits down. Was the, the you know the transfer window debacle or final day, final hours debacle on Josh Onomer and Nelsate from uh, from Brighton. You know they they would have been Albion's loan signings, wouldn't they? But it's an interesting question, and it's one that all in all Albion's promotion seasons they've had they've they've utilized the loan market very very well. So under uh, well, this this wasn't even a promotion seat. When, you know, when they got to the playoffs and almost went up under Darren Moore and Jimmy Shan. You know, the likes of Harvey Barnes, Dwight Gale. Um, I think Tosin Aderabayo played a lot of games that season for Albion.
2: I'd be it. surprised if Corbrand doesn't have his eye on. Yeah. that. You're he very may,
0: surprised. You would have thought so, even like the Slav season, Krivenovic was alone, Pereira was alone. Um, I'm sure, there was another one in there.
2: And 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 they can become.
0: It can become yeah, a really With examples
2: like those, lo- loans obviously to buy, and in, in the hope yeah. that the loans hit the ground running, and then you're in a good position to get them in.
0: Absolutely, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see that. Probably needs more a bit of a deeper dive. Um, Siraj to um Any more backroom staff of, of Core Brands um, to come in? Um I don't know if it was just me. Did he mention another name in his press conference last week?
2: I didn't hear one. No. He- the two, like,
0: uh, no, I don't know if you mentioned one about a fitness coach, but that could have just been me reading something else. And...
2: No, we'll check, certainly check, yeah. but not, not that we're aware of, no. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to think we'd have been told. But, uh, no, no, in terms of the backroom stuff it's just um, it ho, ho, George A. Alakon and uh, Jay, Jamie, Jaime, however you want to pronounce it. Um, monroe isn't it so yeah there's spaniard in there and the and portuguese coaches who come in as assistant coaches um don't not aware of any other positions being filled on that football more backroom side of it but um we'll ask just to double check that
0: yeah uh, question just on the women's team will the express a Sava representative at the women's game at the Hawthorns on Sunday and what more can the club do um to get people invested
2: um we were speaking about sorry, that last yeah
0: Sorry, someone just put, for the minimal, minimal amounts made, could it be a season ticket perk? Some clubs really do get decent credits. Yeah, we were talking about that last night. What I will say is I think you're going to be doing some sort of pre-match stuff, Lewis, I believe. Um, yeah, that's,
2: that's the aim. I, I mean, I I I would like to give the women's team certainly as much coverage as I can. That's something I aim to do. That doesn't mean going to every game. Obviously, that's not, not possible with schedules and stuff um, within work, but obviously they're at the Hawthorns on Sunday, aren't they? Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm, unfortunately, because of family reasons, I'm not working that day. I can't make it. I would have liked to, to be honest. I would have liked to have been there, but I can't get there. Um, like I say, I'm, I hope to do some build up for that with the uh, with the women's teams manager. Obviously, it's a big game for them, big occasion to be at the stadium. Um, hope to get down there next time when they are at the stadium. But I look forward in, in, yeah, I look forward to tracking their fortunes and seeing how they they did. It's something I've done in previous jobs is to keep tabs on the the women's teams and the clubs I've covered. So, um, yeah, from my understanding, I haven't dived too deeply into this yet. Um, but the women's team are part, I think I'm right in saying part of the foundation rather than part of the football club. Um, uh, I think they are different entities at the moment. So it's, I think that's been addressed. Don't quote me on that. But um, yeah, so I I realise obviously people might look at it and think, well, the club not pushed it as much as you'd have liked or whatever. But uh, hopefully,
0: hopefully yeah, I the, think I think yeah, the season yeah, ticket yeah. idea is quite quite good. You know, if you've got a season ticket with a first team, you know, or the or the men you know, the men's team, yeah, you know, maybe gets you entry into the ground, might encourage, yeah, you. No, definitely. why I think it's a really good idea.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, and like, hopefully fans can go and watch them away from the Hawthorns. Obviously, they're not going to play there regularly, and. Um, yeah, something that can that can be followed as as the team look to push on. As I say, I, I I'm looking forward to getting involved with that and and as I say, speaking with the manager and, and seeing games were here and there when I can certainly. So um, yeah, unfortunately can't make some. they a bit disappointing, but um, yeah, good luck to them and hopefully I'll be at a game soon.
0: Yeah, uh, two more questions, Dave Neil. Who would you play up front um, before DK returns? BTA or Phillips? When we've talking about that, that we've talked about this. What I will say is. I'm gonna just give Chuck you a scenario. Um, When 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 DK's fit, what sort of system can you envisage, Lewis? Because obviously, you know, the way Phillips has played in the last couple of games when he's Mm. gone up there late on just gives us that little bit more of an option, don't you? Because you've got Grant, who you know just what. And I said this to you last night. I'm gonna bring this up now actually because I I thought it was quite quite a good point. Carlin Grant, Carlin Grant hasn't done what Albion fans would have expected him to do at Albion. Yeah, he scored a lot of goals last season but he hasn't done probably what he would have expected to do, what the club, the managers that have been in charge of him. I think in Karl Grant's defence I think Albion probably paid about £10 million more than they should have done for Grant. They they, they bought him because I think Slav Bilic wanted him Albion stuck their neck out to get him it didn't come off um, it was a gamble but I think because Albion were a Premier League club, they probably ended up paying more money, and I think that's almost gone against Graham at times. I'd say, yeah. Grant, if Albion had paid, five, yeah.
1: if Albion
0: had paid three, four, five million pounds for Grant, um, I would have thought, it's yeah, fair enough. And I think at the time, people paid when Albion paid that fifteen million for him. You know, it's obviously staggered. It's probably still being paid off. Well, it is still being paid off now. Um, I yeah, think that, it's always that, gone that, against that, him, that, Grant. I think that's he's always not.
2: Yeah, he's yeah, not his fault, like, is it?
0: Obviously, it's like an Oli Burke. Like, Ollie Burke never did it for Albion, but Oli Burke was never worth 13 million pounds or whatever Albion paid for him 13, 14 million pounds. Um, you know, with Nasser Chadley, yeah, probably was worth that money. It never really happened. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just a, just an interesting one. But just in terms of who you play, DK's gonna, for you, DK, if DK gets back, he's fit and he has a, few, a run of games in the 23s and then. For the first team, he's going to be that main man, isn't he? The he mo-
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, initially I'd imagine I'd I'd like to see him up front on his own to see how he can handle himself on his own, and you'd want to see it with the the likes of Wallace, Garner, maybe Phillips on the flanks supplying, uh, because there's been a lot of crosses this season, hasn't there, to um, to strikers who aren't the tallest or the biggest and not winning any headers. So hopefully DK can change that. I yeah. I would I wouldn't mind seeing DK in a front line as a two. I've said that before, I think, yeah. be, be that alongside Thomas Asante or even Grant. Um, the issue there is, I mean, what what do you play? Do you play a 3-5-2 or 4 4 two is the only other, isn't it, back to the old four four two, And I, I don't see a world of 3-5-2 because I don't see the wing-backs at Albion effective certainly not to be playing instead of Wallace and Dian wide as as wide midfield as wingers. Four four two is feasible, isn't it? You could see you could see a four four two, see a world where that happens. I know it's a bit unfashionable these days in the modern world of football, but Wallace one flank, Dean Garner the other, or maybe Phillips playing one flank and um and, and DK and Thomas Sante up front. I could I could see that and I wouldn't mind seeing that. Whether at least to you getting overrun in midfield, who knows? I mean yeah. about two map midfield out not we and it wouldn't leave anywhere for the likes of a Swift or, or, or anything like that but I think there's a world where a 442 could work possibly yeah
0: final question um what what's both your plans over the World Cup period I know you've got some pre-recorded interviews to release um are you having time off to enjoy the World Cup um, I'm not I got no time off I've got well maybe the odd day um I'll be covering Shrewsbury Town. I'll be dropping down, you know. I'll be mucking in in the lower leagues. Lewis, my old boys. Lewis will be living the high life, having his Saturdays off. While I'll be mucking in further down the uh, down the pyramid. Give give
2: give my best to folks at the meadow. Obviously, someone working there, these listeners will know very well. In my predecessor.
0: Yes, Mr. Um, Massey will. Well, I'll bring a Massey update. Through um, through the World Cup, I'll uh, I'll try and even record something with it. He won't do it, but I'll try and record something. Clubman
2: Massey.
0: Yeah, Clubman Massey. But yeah, we'll be bringing you as we said, we'll be I will ju- we'll be chatting about that just after. We've got a couple more clips to to show you. But yeah, we've got the the World Cup series we're going to run. We're going to have a hopefully have a fan podcast. I'll we'll be putting some information about that maybe today or, or or later this week out about that. Um, and yeah, plenty of stuff. But yeah, working going through it, watching the World Cup. Yeah, just just still plan on you got any time off Coxy? you haven't No I mean from from,
2: our, from our perspective to give some insight I, I haven't got any time off unfortunately but obviously there'll be no games so I we, weekend Saturdays off I suppose yeah. um but that's not really it's not really time off because we'll be doing the Monday Friday grind you know just yeah. because the world cups on and I'll be not playing there, there are still obviously newspapers to produce on a daily basis websites to fill so so, yeah, still be writing about things and wh- whatever's happening, really. Hopefully getting some decent features and stuff. No time off, sadly. Got a lot of that to come next year. So, I was going to say roll on the end of the season. <laughs> We're a bit early for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bit
0: early. Dave, just one as well. He should be getting a bit more positive. Yeah, roll ro- ro- on the end lighter. of the season. Yeah.
2: Roll on the end of the season after Albion have been victorious in the playoffs. What I yeah,
0: know. well, well. Yeah, well, well recovered. Well recovered. Um... Cheers for your questions, Baggins fan. Just on the World Cup. I have been I'm writing an article this afternoon, just prepping all the all the players in art the clubs we cover. Um, obviously only Wolves, Albion, um, Villa, because I don't suspect Walsall have got any players going to the World Cup. But you know, obviously Wolves and Villa have got quite a few going to the World Cup. I've picked two out of Albion's line. We've talked about one, Dal DK, who it's almost certain he's not going to go to the World Cup. But it's just, I just I had a bit of a think, went through Tom Rogic. Tom Rogic could be going to the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. he hasn't been in the last couple of Australia squads, but he has mm, played. I mean, he's, he's, he has I'm he has best. played for Australia earlier this year, this calendar year, mm, so he could potentially be in the
2: the. The evidence so far, he's not played enough. Has he? Yeah. Um, if he's on the periphery, he'd have needed to have done more, but. Um, yeah, can't say I'm overly familiar with the Australian national setup. Uh, Jason Cummings is knocking around there now, Johnny. There's a name for you. I know.
0: Yeah, uh, he started there,
2: uh, but no, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. He'd have had to have played more, wouldn't he? I'd have thought to have been in contention, but uh, yeah.
0: yeah, certainly, certainly. Right, we're going to um, we're going to cut to a bit of a quiz. Um, I chatted with with T J Smith. Me and Lewis are going to go head to head soon, by the way. One of these oh yes, yeah. we're going to get one in the diary. But I had to go at a, a well, fitting that Carlos Corbran got the job last week. TJ Smith, you prepared a manager's quiz, and this is how I got on. Quiz time again. TJ Smith, he's back. He's the top hey, quizzer. Up. He's rivaling Bradley Walsh. He's rivaling Richard Osman as one of the top <laughs> quizzes around at the moment. How are you doing, pal? What have you got for me today? Managers, oh, I believe.
1: Yeah, big week so for managers. We, have, we have a new manager, which has been a long time coming. <laughs>
0: Certainly has indeed. Certainly has indeed. Well, this quiz is about all about managers. I'll let you explain. I'm sure yeah. there's going to be a lot of questions because we've had a lot of managers.
1: Yes. So because we've got our first game in charge with our new manager, I'm going to go back in time to West Brom managers' first games in charge, and you'll get a point for if you get the team they played against, and another point for the right result. Right. I'm up so for we'll, it. I'm we'll see how this one goes. I am up for this. So Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce first Bruce's game in charge.
0: First game in charge was Sheffield United and we lost 2-0. That
1: is correct. Boom! What's that? So that is two points. Right off the bat. So Valerian Ishmael. <sighs>
0: First game first, in charge. His first home game in charge was against Luton. 3-2, but I can't I'm trying to think where we went the first game of the season. I just got to stab it. I just got to say Luton 3-2. I know it's not, but that's the first
1: home game. But they were it away was. the first game. Friday night against Bournemouth. 2-1. Of course all. it
0: was. Oh shocking. Never mind. I'll take that. One out of two from the question.
1: There's always that one that just gets away yeah, from you, isn't there? There is right. Can't remember who's before that. Uh so Sam Allardyce.
0: Sam Allardyce, I wanna go Aston Villa 3 0. It was. Yahoo! Oh, now we're talking. I think someone got sent off that night as well. I can't remember who got sent off. <sighs> Probably Livermore. Probably. Um, probably. Right, there we go. We're cooking now. We're back on track. So that is
1: two out of six so far. So before Allardyce, we had Slavin Bilic. What was the result of his first game in charge?
0: First game in charge was away at Nottingham Forest, and I think it was 2-1 to Albion.
1: It was. Yes. That was when
0: Matty My Phillips did
1: a, a wild yeah. cross. Scored his cross, Somehow yeah. went in the net. She's going well. She's going well. Before Billich, we had Shan. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be an absolute guess. I'm going to go. And I forgot about Shan on there, so I need to figure out his first game charge.
0: Give me Shan. This is a massive guess. I'm going to go for
1: Rotherham 2 0. I'm trying to figure out where the bloody league is at the minute. Right, give me a second.
0: Come on, you're slipping down, it'll be top I'm quizzes, now. Yeah, rather than 2-0, absolute guess.
1: We'll come back to that one. <laughs> we'll, come to that. we'll
0: come back to that one. He's slacking.
1: I am slacking. Darren Moore, first game in charge. Was
0: You looking at this the other day Newcastle draw
1: no it was Swansea at home one all that was tough that was a tough one
0: I'll take that then take that not a bad start Gets not a bad start <laughs> oh yeah I'll be getting harder don't worry well I've got a couple of tricks initially
1: in the same season Alan Pardew took over.
2: There was
0: only when was against Brighton. Um, this game in charge. Crystal Palace lost two one.
1: I don't know. It was November two thousand seventeen. Yeah, uh, Crystal Palace lost two one. Absolute guess. It was. Uh... I think it. Come on, it was. Crystal Palace at home, nil nil. Oh,
0: went far away. Oh,
1: I got one point at least. One point.
0: What a guess! What a guess! Right, next one. Who was
1: before that? Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis. Oh, she's difficult. I'm going to. First game was January 2015.
0: I'm going to have a guess. I think he might have been in the stands for this one, but it's the only one I can remember. West Ham drew one-all.
1: That is absolutely pinpoint. Never!
0: Was West it? West Ham oh. away, one-all. Oh, I think so. Sider-Berrini scored that day as well. Yeah. Oh, what a get! That was. A- I-, I knew he was at the game. I didn't know he was in the dugout, but come on.
1: And come then on. what we'll do... Who have we got before we'll do that? two more. So you've got Alan Irvine.
0: Oh, this is difficult.
1: Alan it Irvine.
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. Southampton 2 1. Albion. I don't know.
1: It was. I'm trying no, to look at dates.
0: Now, no, no, if this is right,
1: this is incredible. I think it was it's Sunderland at home 2 all. Got
0: oh, the S right anyway, but.
1: Yeah, can't can't guess them all. You're not gonna
0: ask me the ones that I actually know. (laughs) We've got one left.
1: We'll get one left. One left.
0: Pepe Mel. Oh not a clue. Not a clue. January the ninth, two thousand and
1: fourteen. Norwich three one. It was Southampton away.
0: 1 0. You asked me Roy Hodgson I'd have known Roy Odchin's. I'd have known Tony Mowbray's. I'd have known Gary Megson's. Might have known Brian Robson's. Never mind. Roberto Di Divite- Matteo's. Roberto Remember that one? Because I was in the stands. <laughs> Never mind. I'll take that. Not a bad effort. Not a right, bad. Right. So
1: if memory serves me right, you've got two points for Steve Bruce, you've got zero points for Ishmael. Yeah, you got two points for Allardyce so that's it. Uh, four two points for Slav two points for Slav, six Sean, I'll give you the two points
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got, oh there we go there we go, he's being nice and then one point for a stab at Crystal Palace yeah I'll take that, not bad, not bad good quiz, good quiz
1: I think you write them
0: answers down on a piece of paper from now on I
1: know <laughs> not, so for those who don't know before i was about to come on to the quiz my computer shut down and i lost all everything which I is choices. why i've been like going <laughs> trying to go, uh... no,
0: never mind good quiz again we'll be back same time next week cheers pal all the best there we go a little bit better um in that one just a just a slightly bit better than the, the previous week um lewis before we, we wrap up just a couple of points to cover QPR Saturday I'm not there I'm on an Alder and I'm not there the week after either against Stoke I'm on uh, Shrewsbury against Barnsley as uh, one of our colleagues has got a got a pre-arranged holiday so I won't be with Albion now until Sunderland but for me I would snap your hand off for a point of QPR and three against Stoke I don't know about you is that can you see that points total being something that Carlos Corbran would be happy with
2: Um, I think he'd be greedy and I think he'd probably want four yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, four. Sorry. Yeah. A sorry. Say, is that what you meant? So I, yeah. I, I didn't quite hear. Sorry. A win and uh, a point. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think you want four. Um. Yeah. I. Don't, I don't. I don't think a couple of draws would be terrible. Going. You know, building up a bit of an un, unbeaten run, but it doesn't get you. get you very far. to their draws, as we found out earlier in the season. Um. In fact, you take a win and the defeat, wouldn't you? You take the three points rather than. Rather than two draws, but um, yeah, be greedy and, and want four. In fact, why not? Let's go for the six.
0: Big, I like that. Bold, bold and brave from Cox. Yeah, yeah. No, well,
2: um, I think I think um, I think three is the bare minimum you'd want from yeah. these two games. Um, I very much take four. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see. Just finally, uh, before we before we we let you go. Uh, um, as Albion fans would have seen, we've got a little Baggies Broadcast guest series for the World Cup. Now, you know, we know fans want their Baggies fix. Um, we had a great uh, mini-series in the summer with the likes of Hal robson Carno Dan Ashworth, uh, Paul Robinson, another one who came on. But we've got one for the World Cup series break for you. we've been teasing the recordings on Twitter and we as some Albion fans have seen, we released a seven or eight minute video last week. We've got Andy Johnson, Andy A.J. Johnson, the Albion yeah. a commentator and former Albion midfielder. Darren Moore, absolute club legend, cult hero um, and Simon Cox, who we've all recorded with, um, who've come on the podcast. Some cracking stories in there, isn't there? coxie which will be coming out you know keep an eye out it'll be certainly before the end of november anyway they'll be they'll be appearing yeah
2: they, they, they were quality weren't they yeah i don't, don't want to yeah i don't want to spoil anything by saying we've done some free recording but um yeah great great guests um great stories yeah really really glad to have done that think it should help us help us see through the quieter world cup days and hopefully be an interesting listen to our fans some some uh i mean certainly in the case of big dave uh, and and aj well and and simon cox as well some real sort of favorites aren't there some real heroes there so yeah good good to catch up with them really grateful for their time and hopefully they're good listeners.
0: yeah hopefully um you've had a few preview clips here's another one just uh just get on this here's a clip of uh when we sat down with with andy johnson um a few weeks ago
3: you were when you were injured at a football club you got left out nobody spoke to you you were just in a dark room with a physio rubbing your leg most of the time whereas Brian come to me and said, look, I want you around the place. I want you around the lads. He says, you know, just bring you just bring you your character. He said, I want you just to be. So I used to travel to all the games. Once the lads went to bed, I'd come down and sit with the staff and have a couple of beers. Um, and, and, and it was brilliant for me because I felt so much a part of it. Even though I wasn't playing, I just, I was kept around it and, and, and kept very much a part of it. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, you can see clippings at the end of the, the game, um, you know, the, the, I'm jumping about, you know, like a, like a young kid, because yeah, he, like I said, incredible man.
0: Yeah, a lot of beers that night.
3: Well, uh, one or two. I had a lot of beers that day. I think. I think <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me, me and uh, I can't remember who was who, who was now. We were up in the lounge having a having a couple of uh, couple of drinks whilst watching the game.
0: There you go. And keep an eye out for more preview clips. We'll be we'll be shoving a few more out there on the socials in the next sort of few weeks. We're hoping for. One, if not two more, recordings as well. Um, I'm not going to promise them, um, but we're hoping we've got a, a former Baggies forward who's going to come on, should be top quality, should give us um, some really good stories and insight into his time at the Hawthorns, and potentially, um, we're sort of working with one of the media team at uh, Albion, potentially, if. Uh, Everything aligns. We may just have one of the current Albion squad coming on the, the Buggies broadcast, which will be a, a great first for us. But keep an eye out for them. Hope you enjoyed the preview clips and, and I'm sure you'll enjoy the, um, the the main pod episodes, which will be teased in a few articles in the Express and Star in the days before we release them. Anyway, that's all we've got time for. Um, we've hacked a load into this this podcast, a little bit of a bumper podcast. We'll make up for the, uh, the 15 minutes we lost on... On one a couple of weeks ago. Um, so there you go. Um, things off the pitch aren't great at Albion. We know that the action for Albion Group was launched. Hopefully, we'll be getting more information, more clarity. Things can pick up off the field, um, as well as on it, because we got a win on Tuesday evening, and hopefully that is liftoff for the Carlos Corbrand era. Hopefully they can keep climbing. Win again at QPR on Saturday and uh and things have got the potential to really turn around. So have a great week. For all you going down to London, have a safe trip to Loptus Road. And from me and Lewis, until next time, goodbye.